Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend in Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. We got the show's namesake, BJ Shea. Hey. And running the boards is Joey D's. Hi. Hi! On today's show, we will talk about comic books with BJ Shea. Woo! We'll talk about board games with BJ Shea. Hey! We will talk about Star Wars with BJ Shea, but, you know, everyone else as well. Yeah. Uh, I feel like there should be somebody else on the show. Yeah, there, there's a couple more. Okay, fine. And, of course, the geek sheet with, hey, Vicky B. Hi! Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more. 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 Just, you know, search for us on BJ, uh, BJ She's Geek Nation, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Radio.com, and iTunes to find us. Yeah, so many ways to find us. And if you do so, leave us a review and say how much you love all of the weird stuff that we do. Uh, and if you don't, well, then just give us a five star and move on. That'll just work uh, okay. the best for us. Yeah. All right, fine. Yeah, exactly. Just give us five stars. I like saying Yeah, that. if you hate us, just if you never listen to us again, give us five stars. Yeah, just give us five stars and then move on. That'd be kind of fun. Because it's not about reality. No, it's not. Not at all. It's, it's all about <laughs> perception. <laughs> My perceived reality. BJ. Yes, sir. Comic books. Oh, yeah. Now, it's this is. Time. We're going to focus just on one t- uh, one character. Well, because big doings. Yeah, with two titles. Spider Man had some big milestones. Well, he actually had big milestones with the same title. How is it possible to have two big anniversaries? issues in a month span from each other. It's yeah, a, it, yeah. with, the, with the same book. Uh, you could see if there was like, oh, the spectacular Spider-Man or the sensational sensational Spider-Man. The superior, or the, the superior, amazing. Or, or, you know, the, 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 the serendipitous Spider-Man. All of them. <laughs> um, no, this is the amazing Spider-Man okay. that in uh, one month <laughs> they had uh, a, an 850th issue. Wow, and then congratulations. The they celebrated their 50th issue. Hey! Um, Marvel. That's not how counting works, guys. Well, it does in the world of comics, where <laughs> for some so reason confusing. it looks bad if you tell people you've had a lot of issues. Uh, is that a new thing? Uh, if you don't look new and improved, if you have too many numbers uh, on, the, I guess that might be a thing. I used to think it was amazing if you could say I had X amount of issues, but turns out, uh, it's, yeah, when Spider-Man got his head back from uh, Doc Ock. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They started renumbering it because um, oh. it was the superior Spider-Man when Ock took over. Yeah. And uh, so then when Peter got back and started driving the bus again, it then started <laughs> renumbering back to the Amazing Spider-Man. Okay. But they also know that, yeah, even though we took some time off, this is still like, even though issue 49 is 49, it's also issue 850 in the real world of the Amazing Spider-Man. Okay. So, wow. Okay. So I'm actually tracking, and now that makes sense. So they went with uh, 850 to 50. Yes, because wow. issue 49 was 850, and then issue there we 50 go. was 50. So what happened uh, in issue 49, 850? Yeah, well, it was a great <laughs> issue. It had a lot of great, you know, they had they had a lot of people who uh, guest starred to do uh, different mini stories, as well as carry on the current story arc, which is that Spider-Man is being haunted by this character, Kindred, who has just basically been haunting his dreams, and then taking a lot of things in real life and making Peter's life miserable. Ooh. And uh, what I love about the cover done by Ryan Otley is that it's like one of those old school covers where every freaking villain in the world is on the cover celebrating 850, <laughs> and none of those villains are actually in the issue. Even uh, better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, some of them are, but really not a majority of them aren't. Uh, but the one that is in the issue is perhaps the um, the character who is uh, really probably the toughest one and the biggest nemesis for Spider-Man and has probably taken the most from him, and that would be... 
the Green Goblin. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and so uh, this is all culminating because there's a character called Sin Eater who was created by Kindred who runs around shooting all these villains, and when he shoots them, they become completely pure and good. And he then absorbs their powers. Oh. It, so it's a fascinating thing where everybody is reformed. And so really, Sin Eater's doing a great job, except Sin Eater's now becoming a crazy person because, well, yeah, he's you got all, that all stuff, these powers. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Peter and Norman Osborn, who does know his secret identity, they have to work together. Uh, but Peter's not happy about this because yeah, right? he's like, because Peter wants to defeat this Sin Eater dude, but at the same time, it's like, oh, I gotta work together with Norman, and Sin Eater just wants to shoot Norman, so Norman becomes a good, like, becomes a good guy. Yeah. So some people go, Peter, what are you doing? And there's the whole Spider-Verse folks, or uh, I forget exactly their name, like the Oracle, the Order of the Spider, and it's got Spider-Gwen oh, and yeah. all those good folks, yeah. and Silk, and all the other different Spider, and, and Miles Morales, of course. Um, they're all sort of just wondering if they should intervene or not intervene, but then they've decided to let Peter make up his own mind. And of course, you know, when you don't really off the Green Goblin, you know, you think, uh, no, good things come are, back and bite yeah, you. Yeah, it's just not going to help. So it was a very epic 850 issue, and uh, finally... Finally, in issue 50, we get to see who, after it seems like, it seems like for years we've been seeing Kindred, but we don't know who he is. And then finally, the big reveal is the Green Goblin says, because he's been shot by Sin Eater. So now the Green Goblin wants to take care of everything and fix everything. And it's like, oh, yeah, I need to go stop this. Uh, I need to stop Kindred. I really do. And they're like, well, what do you know about Kindred? What's it, what are you talking about? I know about? everything about Kindred. He goes, I do know everything about Kindred because Kindred is my son. And it's like, oh, oh Harry Osborn again. It's Damn like, it, Harry. He goes back and forth with being cool to Peter, and this time he's in the I'm not so cool to Peter mode. Damn. And we wondered, because he really seemed to be very personal with this entire attack on Peter in his dreams, and now we know why, because Because it really is, and he knows so much about him. Poor Harry's had quite a life. Let me just tell you that right now. You know what I mean? It, it, it's really not gone well for him. Uh, you know, James Franco, he had the better life as Harry Osborn, <laughs> but uh, things are not good. So it is, uh, it, it's a good arc, and um, we are, we're just getting into it, man. It's going to get even better. So that's what's going on with Spidey. Nice. Uh, now, talking about board games, uh, most of the time when you're not uh, here, we say that you're on assignment. Most of the time we imagine you're playing board games. You may or may not be wrong about that. <laughs> so I, ha- I have to imagine you have a couple of uh, board games to review. Yes, I do. I want to talk about a company. Uh, this is a, a new company that I really don't know much about, except I just finally got a, a Kickstarter fulfilled uh, by, it's either four games, because it's Roman numeral IV, so it's either IV or it's Roman numeral four games. I'm not sure how they say their name. Um, and the, the game that I got was called Moonrakers, and... You know, when a Kickstarter company, a brand new company, goes to Kickstarter and says, here's our game, here's what we're trying to do, we're really, you know, you go, well, I hope it's good, and I hope you basically fulfill on what you do. Boy, did these guys have their act together. I I am really, really impressed with Moonrakers. It's a one-to-five player game where you are basically, uh, it's a deck builder slash ship builder slash negotiations game. So... Imagine when people are trying to do stuff mm. in a deck builder. And you know, if you go beyond three to four people in a deck builder, anyone remembers Ascension, you could play up to as many players as you wanted with Ascension yeah, yeah. if you had all the decks. And it would take forever to get to your turn. They fixed it in <laughs> Moonrakers because you are negotiating every turn. In order to get victory points in this game, you have to complete these contracts. And the contracts require stuff that you probably can't do on your own, but other people can help you with. And then you negotiate the 
payout. And the payout is usually either it's a combination of victory points, money, and sometimes cards. And so you'll see it and you get to basically divvy it up any way you want prior to going on the contract. And so you go, all right, well, I'm going to need X, Y, and Z. Who wants to help me? But you have to be really cagey about it. Um, I had so much fun playing this game. It's very simple to learn. The artwork is really sleek and almost cyberpunky-ish, or 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 even maybe super space agey-ish. I mean, I don't even know what to make of it. It's 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 dark but bright at the same time. It's pretty. It's a pretty cool look to it that I haven't seen before. And uh, great graphic design. They had metal components that you could upgrade to. Uh, it is a beautiful looking game, and it's played well. They made their own how to play videos, and usually when new companies do that they're really bad um <laughs> and you hope that rodney or tom vassal or man versus meeple or rado or somebody will make their own so that you can at least have a professional do it mm-hmm. oh they did a really great job with their videos well this is something interesting that i found out about and, you know four studios iv studios if you just look it up uh, iv.studio is where you can find their website they're uh, like even just on the kickstarter page for moonrakers they say iv is a collection of creative people with a passion for beautiful things. As a commercial animation studio, they create work for clients like Amazon, Netflix, Bad Robot, and Cartoon Network. In addition to this work, we encourage our team members to explore ideas outside of animation, resulting in special projects like their mobile game Bouncy Smash, and Moonrakers is one of those. So this is a like side project for their studios. It's brilliant. I mean, you know, to that's cre- so cool to create a game that as does you know takes a genre and does something different is pretty pretty special, and they have done that. It is a simple deck builder. Most of the cards in your deck are there's only six different types of cards, and they're pretty easy to see. You just go, okay, this does this, this does this, and then I also need this in order to basically fulfill the contract, and then you can augment it like any other deck builder, and you can also augment. You have a ship that gives you special abilities, and those are like permanents that only you. Have have and they don't go in your deck they just become part of what you can do that nobody else can do and it is really well done but the idea is it's always your turn you can all that's you're cool all, you're always vying to be part of the deal and it keeps you engaged and that's, will, the, that's a big problem when it comes to games with a lot more people and josh and i we were playing this game <laughs> and then finally it was like the you know he was i was one point ahead of him and or we might have been tied and he said bring me on the mission you can have all the points and i thought all right well if he, if i give him you know or he wanted one point and i could get two out of the three i'm like all right that will put us tied that means we're not he's not going to beat me and he's going to let me have the money i should have realized it was too good to be true <laughs> because you also have secret objectives and sometimes those secret objectives are to sabotage the mission but in this oh. case I, Josh was doing something really funky as we were doing the mission. It was like, Josh, I need help. What are you doing? He's like, well, I'm going to do this, this, and this, but I'm not going to do it in a conventional way. And he was able to give me what I needed, but because it was unconventional, his secret objective said, do this without doing it the conventional way, and you will get an extra point. And I'm like, that's why you were doing things in a weird way. But it, even though I lost, I was like, dude, congratulations to you because you were able to do something and, and out-negotiate me, who I think is a great negotiator. You, you are frustrated. So, so I and mean, he, just to be able to get that, yeah. It, it's an enjoyable game, and it's relatively quick. I mean, it, it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's not too short, but it's not too long. And like I said, you can play with up to five players in this game. Which is the magic number for you. You've stated multiple yeah, times. Yeah, five is a nice number. And for a deck builder... I mean, really, this is, uh, I, I think everybody should own Moonrakers. This is this is an wow. amazing game, uh, which is why I bring it up, because I was wondering and I wanted to wait until uh, I 
got this game and played this game because they've kicked a brand new game called Veiled Fate, and it's currently on Kickstarter right now by 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 IV or Four Games. And I'm telling you, their track record's amazing because uh, <laughs> I would say that if this this they call this a strategic deduction game. Uh-oh, it, it's got deduction in there. Oh, boy. Yes, it has elements of social deduction, but also strategic manipulation. And uh, you are a divine being who has sired a demigod in the realm of humankind. Uh-oh. And the identity of your lineage is known only to you. This idea is this. I mean, and, and you, you go on quests with your... You have There are nine demigods on the board. One of them is yours, but nobody knows what it is. You get dealt a card, and so nobody knows whose demigod is whose. You can move all the demigods around the board, and you can go on quests and do all sorts of different things that will allow your demigod or a demigod to rise to greatness. Yeah. But you're trying to do it in a way where people don't know that what's rising to greatness is yours until it's too late. Just looking at this Kickstarter, um, two things have sold me on this uh, immediately. First, it's they, the, the second thing they put on there is perfect for every game night. It can be enjoyed as two-player duel, eight-player showdown, or anywhere in between. So that's cool. Yes. Because at that point, you can play it with any group of people. And then the next thing they say, it's kind to any personality. And I was like, well, what does that mean? It says, whether you're boisterous, BJ, or reserved, yeah. Veiled Fate offers a path to victory. So you don't have to be the loud person that argues and tries to figure out and suss out information. That way, you can be the kind of sly, sneaky, quieter person, which I tend to be in these games. I mean, to be perfectly honest, we were playing one of the social deduction games one day, and it was between you, me, and Sean, and I think maybe Vicky or someone else. And I just sat there because... I was I was the bad guy and I just watched you guys argue amongst each other for about 20 minutes argue that I was the bad guy and then argue yourselves out of me being the bad guy yeah, we did it which is fantastic and yeah. I, that's kind of like the way I like to play because <laughs> It's really hard for me to like lie, especially in these sorts of games. And yes. so it was just like, I can't just straight up deceive you when it's going on. So having a different path of victory is going to help a lot. So this looks really, really cool. And I mean, even just them talking about, you're talking about the quality components with the last one. Yeah. They're, they're really making sure that you know that they have that as well with this Kickstarter. And uh, I don't know if they're still offering it, but I mean, they even had like a beautiful wooden board that you could upgrade to that was a lot of dough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so if you really want to make this like a gorgeous game that you bring out, or if you just want to have the normal retail version, whatever that's going to be, mm -hmm. they have so many different options to upgrade the game and make it look pretty. I mean, it's yeah. it's a gorgeous looking game as it is, and they can make it even more gorgeous with like real wood, uh, you know, a real wood board. <laughs> yeah. board. But, you know, I uh, either way, these guys have shown me they can make a game. They've shown me, and with what you read about the company itself, it makes yeah. sense that they have a lot of professionals that know what they're doing. Uh, so Veiled Fate, it yep. is uh, by Ivy or Four Games, and um, <laughs> it is uh, on Kickstarter right now. Yep, and it's only a couple of days left. It ends on Halloween. So do it. So you've got a couple of days, and beyond that, they'll. I mean, usually they have like beyond that, but you won't be able to get the really cool bonus versions a lot of the time. So if you want in on this, you got to get in on it now. And if you get a chance to buy Moonrakers, I'm telling you, if you like deck builders and you like playing with a bunch of people and you like having fun with each other, it's a good one. <laughs> Moving away from that, we're going to keep with the space theme from the last couple of episodes. No Star Trek this time. 
Whoa. What? Yeah. That seems to be all right. Well, we'll talk about the other one that always gets uh, back and forth about that. Star Wars. Star Wars. Apparently, the original ending for 1983 Star Wars, The Return of the Jedi, was a lot darker, and some people might think a lot worse. Oh, really? Yes. Oh. So it marks the uh, the iconic conclusion to the original trilogy, and obviously good conquering uh, evil. At the conclusion of the film, Mr. Young Jedi Luke Skywalker resists the temptation of the dark side and helps defeat the Galactic Empire. He bests his father, Darth Vader, in combat, then spares his life, which uh, led to the Sith Lord performing an act of redemption by saving him from Palpatine. Yeah. However, George Lucas decided that, well, he envisioned originally that it would be a lot different. Um, while working on the film with co-writer Lawrence Kasdan, Lucas wasn't sure how it would end, so he decided to change the title of the film to Revenge of the Jedi mm-hmm. at the behest of Kasdan, who thought Return of the Jedi was too weak for a conclusion installment. And Which, I remember that it, that I heard it was going to be called Revenge of the Jedi way back in the day when it was first coming out. Yeah, and I, that sounds a lot cooler, but also not really essentially a, a good ending when you're calling something revenge. Right. Um, but they basically the version that they were working to was going to have that darker ways, including Han Solo was going to be killed in the middle of the film during a raid on an Imperial base. Whoa. Yeah. Right? Okay. Um, however, the darkest part really came from... Luke was going to actually slay his father, so uh, remove his mask, and then take the mantle of Vader for himself. Oh, that was the original plan? Yes. And then as the new Vader, Luke then attacked the very rebel fleet he helped lead to Endor and went to war with his own twin sister, Leia. And as the movie closed, the battle between the Rebels and the Empires would continue to go on raging. Now, instead of good conquering evil, Darth Sidious would continue to rule over the galaxy. Luke joined the dark side. Anakin was never redeemed and balance was never returned to the Force. They were like, that's not really good for, like, there's no happy ending for this trilogy. So that's kind of why they decided they kind of went back and to it. And who wanted this? Both both uh, Kasdan and Lucas. That is an interesting way to end a trilogy. I, I wonder how people... I don't know if I would have dug that. I don't think I would have liked it. Yeah, and that's most people are saying that, like they don't. They wouldn't have liked it. And it would have left everything so unresolved. They would have been back to the exact spot that they were at the 1977 A New Hope. Like there would have been like no resolution. How bad would that have felt? And really, that is how episode three ended. He finally got his dream to do that because that's the arc of Darth Vader. Yes, you know, you had the dude that was going, that was working with everybody, mm-hmm. and then he turned around and went against everybody. Yes, and finally, I mean, during production, Lucas moved away from that dark ending, mostly just to the fact that how dire it would have been for a franchise that was, quote, for kids. Like, I mean, you know, yeah. the whole thing is for kids, so this would have been, like, just a real... Like a real downer for a lot of people. Yeah, no Ewok Christmas special at that point. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, darn. Yeah, I don't think you would have been celebrating. You know, it's like, <laughs> no, the Ewoks are probably not even around anymore. What kids. about Jar Jar Binks, though? Uh, uh, well, he's still a Sith. Yeah, oh. yeah, he's, he's still, yeah, he's still on the dumb side. Yeah. Oh. Uh, but uh, so that could have been a real, real dark sort of thing on that end. I'm kind of glad they didn't. Uh, we're still able to get the, the, the finale of the trilogies with this. And whatever you think about the whole thing, I mean, it's a saga. Nine episodes has been able to 
spawn off so many different things, including The Mandalorian, which comes out at the end of this week. Yeah. Very excited for that. And it even got BJ, just quickly, that you've been watching uh, Rebels and Clone Wars. I've gone out of my mind. Uh, I know, I've, and you were like, I am not going to watch this. I don't know if it's COVID or the excitement for The Mandalorian <laughs> or my friends browbeating me and realizing that I have FOMO. Like, I know nothing about Mandalore. I don't know anything about what's going on. I know nothing about the relationship between this Padawan that uh, Anakin supposedly had. And that's what got me going was that, you know, uh, you know, basically, you know, Ahsoka Tano is going to be in the Mandalorian in some way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. And I realized, gosh, everybody loves this person and I know nothing about her. Yeah. I need to learn. And you you found online like a kind of a quick hit reference guide. Yeah. And like, yeah, we're like the wife and I are still going to just keep on watching the whole thing all the way through even though there's like six seasons of Clone Wars. Someday I may do that. Yeah. I only watch the basically the quintessentials. So you were able to find a list on that. That's fantastic. Yeah, and for both. There's a quintessential list uh, uh, for both Rebels and for Clone Wars. And, uh, and I have to say that it's brought me up to speed and I feel better about watching Rogue One because ah. now Rogue One's got a lot more context for me as nice. I, you know, as I see what's gone on uh, with, uh, you know, basically certain characters that showed <laughs> up and you thought were dead. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Including, I have to say, you know, you know how the end of episode two went. I should say episode three, excuse me. Yeah. You know how episode three ended and, you know, the whole. Yeah, Order 66. To, so to be thing, able yeah. to see Order 66 from another perspective was pretty amazing. So we got to see, you know, and, and Rev, you'll see that when you watch the last season of Clone Wars. They show you, mm-hmm. hey, while you saw what was going on in Episode 3 with Order 66 and that whole world, here's what was going on over here, by nice. the way. And nice. I thought it was really very well done, very well tied in. Um, it makes you think they actually planned this as opposed to... Oh, they totally did. Yeah, I mean, you know, because you're, you're looking at it going, all right, how are they going to explain this, this, and this if they're going to try to tie certain characters into certain characters? I mean, and for those of you who don't know, it's pretty simple. Uh, you may not realize this, but some uh, basically between episode two and three, uh, or actually at, at, at the end of episode two and all the way through episode three, there was a whole Anakin has a Padawan, then loses a Padawan. Yeah. Exactly. That, that whole storyline. Mm-hmm. And, and so it kind of bridges that. And you know what? It gives a little bit more levity and character to Anakin. You mean, well, levity is not the right way, but it, yeah. it, it gives him more gravity. There you go. Uh, yeah. Because now you can understand why Anakin lost his S. Yeah. It was very quickly done in episode three. Like, wow, I know that he was really worried about this. And yeah. I love that they said, we're going to give you more reasons why Anakin decided to travel down the path he went. And frankly, the Ahsoka Tano story uh, really shows why Anakin's like, well, F you, Council. And I think, and I really, it makes me feel better about Anakin. Nice. Yeah, it really, really does. That's kind of an interesting take on that. So uh, again, uh, if you guys want to do that, either way, I mean, you can binge it like me and it'll take forever. Or you can get the quintessential Quintessential, and then you can uh, get ready for the Mando. Oh, yeah, because I'm on episode eight of Mando and uh, I'm ready. I mean, Oh, uh, for season one? Get ready ready for season two? Yeah, I'm I'm going to be all caught up with everything uh-huh. that I should know, hopefully. I love it. Well, it is now time for The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, what's going on in that brain? Uh, so I kind of wanted to mull this over for a few days, have pe- let people kind of think about it, and I wanted their opinion, and I got it. Uh-oh. 
So apparently, if you guys haven't heard, which yes. I feel like the internet, everyone has heard, uh, Jared Leto is going to play the Joker in Zack Snyder's Justice League for HBO Max. So I'm guessing yeah. this means the Snyder Cut. The Snyder Cut, which is going to be like apparently a mini series at this point. It's not going to be like one movie. It's going to be a lot. Which they're doing yeah. research, reshoots right now. I'm going to have to watch it like that no matter what they call it because it is going to be long. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm kind of interested. I am too. I, I, I don't care about Jared Leto. Leto, whatever the hell he's called, as Leto. the Joker. Like, I just never cared. Like, Suicide Squad didn't resonate with me. Uh, and he, even his part in it was cut back so much that, was it, like, did it even really matter? I feel bad for him. I'm one of those people that I, I everyone's like, it's not, not going to be a good Joker. It's like, well, you don't know. There's so many different versions of Joker, and you're allowed to like different versions of Jokers for different reasons. I, I am? Think- yeah, if you watch the show Gotham, we kind of got different versions of Joker we got all like in one three show. Of them, yeah, which and they From were like two all actors. Fantastic! I, I thought they were the, great. Can I have the, the Can I have the mustache Joker who doesn't want to shave his mustache? <laughs> you, already, you already got that one, sir. I want him back. That's all you get. Dang it! You just get your one. Uh, but yeah, he has been. I know he's like he really went deep into this role, like to the point where he was sending like weird gifts to his co-stars yeah. and everything. Which I mean, that's Jared Leto. He's very. Eccentric, quirky. Yeah. He's a weird, weird guy. Which, I mean, I think it's cool. He's a phenomenal actor, and I just think he was handed a really crappy situation. Yeah, and the fact that they're still willing to tie it in with all of that, I mean, it's good in terms of them just wanting to kind of keep the DCEU going on, mm-hmm. but it's it, it hasn't been on strong ground ever since they tried to create it. Yeah. Like, they were... Kind of like they're way behind Marvel when they were doing it. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to kind of force everything into this thing. And they like didn't. We need nec- an Avengers event. Yeah. And they didn't necessarily have that plan that it seems that Marvel had. Mm-hmm. Like they were willing to stretch it out for 10 years and 22 movies. And it looked like they had at least the framework for a lot of that going on. And sure, yes, some of the movies were kind of iffy and a lot of origin stories that were not necessary mm-hmm. a lot of the time. But like, I just feel that the like the DC versions of these movies haven't really done anything well, so for I'm the ca- exception of Wonder Woman and Shazam. Yeah, and I'm hoping I'm hoping that this kind of helps out a little bit with Justice League. I don't know. It's It'd sick. be cool if it's a mini series. They do well with series, though. Yeah. DC, on the other hand, man, between the DC, DC Universe as well as the C Dub. Their DC shows have actually done better than Marvel shows, in my opinion. I mean, yeah. uh, so mm-hmm. it's interesting that maybe that'll make this better if they just take that Justice League movie and turn it into a miniseries with all these reshoots. Maybe it will be better. Uh, and I mean, everyone's like, "Oh, ew, we got Jared Leto coming back." It's like it's redemption time. Let's see what he can do. Oh, I'm, I'm looking yeah. forward to yes. it. Yes, because I, I I like that version that he looked like. That mm-hmm. was a Joker I had never seen before. I like that too. Like, why does it have to always be the same? But I did uh, want to read some of the comments because I posted this on the Facebooks last week. Uh, to see what everyone was thinking. Brian says, I think the haters of Leto Joker only did so because of the aesthetic. But we didn't get enough of his Joker. Think of yeah. every other movie that had Joker in it. That yeah. They were the stars of the movies. Jack Nicholson had an even higher billing in the 89 Batman. Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight was clearly <laughs> the focus of the movie. And Phoenix had a whole movie just about him. Yeah. So having Leto just relegated to a side character in a subplot for Suicide Squad didn't allow him to really explore the character. And according to Leto, so much of the Joker ended up on the cutting room floor, like Rev was saying, so I want him to get more. And I want to see where he was going and what they were really trying to get from him in what look. 
And like this is an interesting point too because uh, you know Zack Snyder had to leave in the middle of the movie because of All personal right. yeah. stuff, and Joss Whedon had taken over. It's like the, and the so complete opposite. I would have rather yeah. Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> well, and it looks like it's uh, the his Zack Snyder's Justice League is not going to include any scenes shot by Whedon, mm-hmm. which makes sense. Which is. Yeah, the best. and he also uh, Snyder actually also stated that his version of the Justice League will be set in a different continuity than the Whedon version. So okay. they're even like kind of branching off like Infinite Earths sort of style with this and saying, no, that one is its own thing and it still happened, but this one is its own thing oh. in a different continuity. Thank you, Flash. You allow us to do all sorts of cool right? things like yeah, that. Yeah, I know it's kind of fun on that aspect. I don't get the whole Justice League thing, anyways. Why did they introduce two new characters without any backstory? to him in that movie that's my big complaint really with it I think it was in that are, are you uh, which which characters Flash and Cyborg Cyborg yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah because they, the plans were to bring out the, the, the movies later on so it's like you and it, the same thing with um, Aquaman yeah. Aquaman was he didn't have his movie yet yeah he was new too oh, so geez. he was new so the whole premise of that was to introduce these characters and then do the origin stories afterwards which I understand why they're trying to do it. They're just trying to hurry up to what I call the Avengers movie because yeah, the Avengers they, they wanted that first because of how big those Avengers movies were, but they had the framework for a lot of them. Right. Even like because I think they came out with Thor like shortly before they came out with the first Avengers movie and I will admit like I like I think it was the year before. I went I saw Thor the day before I saw Avengers on DVD <laughs> and it was fine. You can tell they're like, crap, we need an Avengers movie. Let's just make a Thor movie. And But at least they made it. Yeah, and to be honest, um, Hawkeye uh, wasn't even in the movie until Avengers. Weren't, wasn't even around until no, the Avengers. he was in Thor. Was he in Thor? Yeah, he was kind of like the guy keeping an eye on him when he was oh, going to pull. Like, it wasn't yeah, okay, like full was on bit, Hawkeye, yeah. but he was okay, in it. Okay, you're right, yeah. And I mean, he just he was just the bad guy and kind of got relegated to just being a henchman in uh, a the Avengers bit. movie. Well, and it wasn't that big of a deal for me in the movie because, again, you know, it's a superhero movie. They're all coming mm-hmm. together. It's fun to watch. But then The Flash, The Flash is such a powerful character, and there's so much timey-wimey stuff going on in it. It was very confusing to me on why they mm-hmm. decided to put him in the movie. I could see a rewrite with a different version where The Flash actually makes sense being good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I could see why he would want to do it and then cut out a bunch of parts and then say, we're not even going to follow your storyline because of, I don't know what you did with the movie. Yeah, because the Flash we see in Justice League is not as accomplished as the Flash in the TV show. He's mm-hmm. he's new. He's very, yeah. very he's new. He's Bebe Flash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ariel says, I didn't like his version. It was... It was try too hard, and there was nothing scary or intimidating about him, and he wasn't the Joker, just some weird dude who had a show-off complex. He couldn't (laughs) capture the complexity that makes the Joker a good villain. Um, Tyler says, uh, don't get your hopes up. It's most likely another flashback or possibly a dream sequence. Haha, WB is the worst. (laughs) Uh, Michael says in response to Ariel, he's like, oh, just like the Phoenix, uh, the Phoenix's version. But I don't think that's, I don't think he had like the show-off-y complex. I think he actually... Had everything like to yeah. be a good villain. Could yeah. you imagine calling Qui Gon Jinn a bad Jedi because you didn't like the first Star Wars movie? You're like, ah, Jar Jar Binks was terrible in that movie, so everyone else sucked too. That's kind of how I feel like everyone's taking this Joker thing. Like, oh, Maybe, he wasn't yeah. even in the movie, but he was terrible. Well, how like, how is that possible? I think Redemption. <laughs> let's see what he can do because Jared Leto. It's not like he's a crappy actor and he's been putting out piles of movie. This is a phenomenal actor who's yeah. been in some of the most intense movies ever. Yep. Plus, he's gonna be Morbius. That's true. The yep. Living Vampire. Oh, and I'll yeah. be perfectly honest, like, Jared Leto kind of annoys me. Um, oh, as a human, <laughs> yes. Yes, as a human. He's but, annoying, but uh, he's a phenomenal actor. Oh, yeah, he's a great actor, but still some of my favorite things is just to watch Fight Club and just watch him get punched in the face over and over and over again. Although I do love his band, 30 Seconds to Mars. Hell yeah, emo kid for life. Well, there you go. You can stand on that island.
You mean that? There is a lot of 2000 Zemo kids that are on this island with me. So I shut get your it. mouth. I know, I know. <laughs> well, until next time, guys, stay nerdy.